It's time for the Security Token Show. We're here to bring you the latest and greatest in security token news. Coming from across the globe to your living room. And delivering all the latest STOs and getting you up to date on what's happening in the market. So what are you waiting for? Let's get on with the show. Welcome back. It's the Security Token Show, the first episode of 2023. I'm Herwig Konings, joined by my co-host Kyle Sondland. And now we've been doing this for since 2019, and we've got a brand new show for you. I hope you like that theme song. I know I did. Oh, yeah. Great work, production team. And of course, our show is going to come at you with a couple of changes. First, our top five in reverse order. By popular demand. By popular demand, you're now going to find out what's the number one thing last. But then we'll get into the rest of our industry updates. Now an institutional update section by Peter Gaffney, uh, who will actually be giving us the latest and greatest from what's happening on Wall Street with the big players. And our security token update segment has been combined with the secondary market. So you'll be getting all of the latest and greatest from Sam Sachs. Uh, so uh, followed by our main topic, which this is going to be our predictions episode. Mm, Kyle, I, I hope you got some hot takes for Woo! our fans today. Uh, followed by our company of the year. So find out who we thought made the biggest moves in 2022 for the security token industry. And with that, we'd like to thank our sponsor this week, which is AmbiSafe. AmbiSafe operates UTC Fund, which is, they are a platform that actually creates real tokenized stocks. These aren't the derivatives things that we've seen from other crypto exchanges. These are real securities representing tokenized companies. Gotcha. They've got SpaceX and Robinhood and other shares. They're trading through that, which is powered by Orderbook, a security token, non-custodial trading platform, and Tabla, which is their issuance platform. And be safe. We just locked in a data partnership with them, and we're going to be bringing the assets to STM soon. So we wanted to shout that out here on the show. And with that, Herwig, let's dive right into our top five. Let's do it. We got to always thank our sponsors for making this show possible. And moving into our top five for kicking off the 2023 new year, these are the five things that you need to know about what's going on in investment banking, in blockchain, in finance. So kicking off number five, we've got Ondo Finance, O-N-D-O, and they are tokenizing BlackRock ETFs. So they're taking investments in three types of their ETF instruments, their treasury bonds fund, their short-term fund, as well as a high-yield fund. And they're actually creating blockchain investment instruments. These are tokenized investments in a synthetic BlackRock ETF. This is really interesting coming from Ondo Finance. That's major news from Wall Street, Kyle. And moving into number four, actually going even bigger to the world stage, the fifth largest bank in the world, MUFG, they announced that their Progmat which is their security token platform for end-to-end securities lifecycle issuance on-chain, they are announcing that they plan to bring it to the, into the rest of the industry in the form of a joint venture, folks, working with the likes of SBI, one of the biggest Japanese investment banks, Mitsui, SMBSC, JPX, the Japanese stock exchange, could all be partners in this new joint venture with MUFG, which means a whole new platform onto the scene, maybe running Jap Japan's new security token industry, Kyle. Wonderful. And into number three, 
We've got a multi-billion dollar Australian real estate development firm. They've done 2.08 billion in real estate developments from 22 different properties. And now they're taking it a step further with a $3 million luxury, it's all kinds of little villas in, I believe it's Australia, and they're actually going to be tokenizing that investment, which is really cool. They're leveraging blockchain for the investment structure. The one thing though, is that the platforms that they're using, we're not sure about how compliant those things are. So certainly make sure you do your own research. That being said, Nikon getting involved in blockchain technology for capital formation is a fascinating development. That's in just the news. a great real estate transaction right there. Love to see it. And rattling off to number two, we've got Goldman Sachs, folks, one of the biggest investments banks in the world. They carry such a huge weight. And now they have officially entered the security token industry, folks. They have their own tokenization platform. It's called the GSDAP. Uh, and it's actually powered by digital assets, DAML, smart contract language. Uh, so welcome Goldman Sachs to the tokenization game. I bet we're going to see some major, major new assets get tokenized. If you're interested, they're using the Canton, C-A-N-T-O-N, private blockchain. That is the blockchain that they're using. And in the number one, Herwig, the biggest headline that everybody needs to know this week. What do you got? Gemini and Genesis, two of the largest institutional crypto platforms, are both getting hit by the SEC for rehypothecation. This is a deep investigation into their interest-bearing oh, yield yeah. products, which the SEC feels were violating securities laws. This comes on the heels of Gemini and Genesis fighting over nearly a billion dollars worth of loans that apparently are no longer there. So there's a lot going on in that ecosystem right a, now. A uh, textbook example of what we've already seen in the past with Coinbase, with BlockFi, with many others. So we think we, can, we know how this one will play out. But with that, let's get into our new segment with Peter Gaffney giving you the latest institutional news. Welcome to the inaugural segment of the institutional coverage on the Security Token Show. I'm Peter Gaffney, head of research at Security Token Advisors, our consulting advisor arm working directly with the investment banks, with the asset managers, with the private equity funds. This is insight that we get directly from them and things that we just absorb in the industry. So today we want to look at some context, right? Set the stage for what's happening on the institutional front with tokenization specifically. We've had stuff happening for four years now, right? Since 2017, 2018. It wouldn't be right to just cover what happened the last couple of weeks in 2023. But it should be noted, Q4, Q3 of 2023 set the stage for a lot of this to happen. So let's look at it right now, right? There's a few different buckets to look at on the institutional front. We're going to take a look at private funds. Think of marketable products, right? Investment products. These are an issuer to client. You could actually log in to a broker dealer, a portal, whatever, invest, gain access to these types of funds. Look at KKR. They issued a slice of their healthcare strategic growth fund pretty much with Securitize, a broker dealer, platform, and Avalanche, blockchain. Basically, it's a tokenized feeder fund. Clients could invest in the feeder fund that will co directly invest in the flagship traditional healthcare fund. And boom, that's the exposure right there. Look at Hamilton Lane on the other hand. They're also working with Securitize on a few new funds that were announced. More well-known, they're working with Figure Technologies and Providence Blockchain. What Hamilton Lane is doing is they're actually creating new share classes in, the, in an existing 1940 Act Evergreen Fund, the Private Assets Fund. So this already has three traditional share classes. It'll have a couple new ones that are fully on-chain, blockchain-based, Investors could only access these share classes through the tokenized version, right? Eventually, maybe they'll list on an ATS 
alternative trading system open for secondary trading. Maybe it'll facilitate redemptions and capital calls with greater efficiencies and transparency. But that's the playbook they're rolling with. This is one that's really making waves within the industry. I know from personal conversations, prospects, everything along those lines, this is kind of grabbing people's eyes, getting their attention. Similarly, Apollo Global's taking a similar page following Hamilton Lane with figure with Providence to do something like that this coming year as well. Uh, beyond the investable products, we have more operational use cases, right? We have Intame, which is a structured finance, structured products platform working with a number of blockchains, including Avalanche, working heavily with mortgage-backed securities and fund administrators like WSFS. They also have done a deal with Jeffrey's Investment Bank, a handful of things in the HELOC space, making some pretty good progress, end-to-end lifecycle management all on the blockchain. Very cool seeing that come out of Intame. Beyond that, on a more broad scale operational level, we have companies like JP Morgan, our company of the year, in fact. We have them running their Onyx blockchain division uh, to pretty great efficiencies. They have a repo network right now. It's probably somewhere around the $400 billion in transaction volume mark, doing about a billion dollars in transactions every day. They have companies like Goldman Sachs, like BNY Mellon joining their syndicate, actually making use of their chain, their JPM coin for settlement, and running these repo swaps back and forth. We also have, you know, kind of broader enterprise solutions like HQLAX, working with Goldman Sachs, working with Saide General, European Investment Bank, BNP Paribas, basically tokenizing money market funds, treasury funds, and even other alternative products. Moving them around fully on chain for asset swaps, for collateralization purposes, also very cool, kind of a broader experience from simply the repo network, right? That is something that's also kind of catching, catching some, some headwinds, doing well in the industry and definitely bringing attention and eyes on the tokenization use case. Even along those, those lines, we have companies like $800 billion asset manager Alliance Berenstein working with all funds, a fund distribution platform, basically tokenizing funds, lifecycle end-to-end, uh, on-chain with all funds, blockchain, unique capabilities. Eventually, eventually not yet, it'll roll out to real tokenized fund products that boom, 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 are distributed to, distributed to all the investment groups on the all funds platform, which is somewhere around the 3,000 level, um, 3,000 groups that is. That could be a monumental amount of money as all funds does administer over $1.3 trillion worth of assets. Pretty, pretty cool. Beyond products, beyond operations, we also have infrastructure solutions. We have Wisdom Tree Asset Management and Franklin Templeton issuing, sorry, developing their own platform basically taking digital assets, taking tokenized products that could include money market funds, treasury funds, S&P-based index funds, uh, and even tokenized commodities all under one roof, under one website, one platform, even one smartphone app. Pretty much a retail play, in my opinion. I think they're catering to the right crowds, also doing some pretty cool stuff. For reference, Wisdom Tree already has 10, 10 funds approved by the SEC, all tokenized for whenever they get ready, whenever they come to market. Franklin Templeton has their on-chain U.S. government money fund approved and active. I see it kind of as like an unofficial stablecoin. We have a lot of stablecoins not generating any yield or any backing for their clients, which is a tough sell on the institutional level. Rather, why would I not work with the money market fund tokenized? The NAV is usually a buck or right around there and generating maybe 4% yields or whatever the going rate is. That's a pretty powerful case. Keep an eye out on that development. Lastly, in this segment, we want to look at something that deserves a bit more spotlight, the bond side, the credit side. So bond issuances is one of the earlier use cases on the banking front in tokenization. Specifically, look at like Societe Generale, European Investment Bank, even Santander. They've been doing things since 2018. 
issuing you know blockchain-based bonds on Ethereum and Tezos, ranging from like $10 million all the way up to $150 million a few years ago. Pretty wild to see how things are progressing. More recently, we've seen, okay, other companies see that playbook. They come in, think of the Goldmans, the JPMs, um, coming in, seeing that, working with these banks to either help syndicate capital, uh, help distribute, or even you know, make their own proof of concept tests internally. And what's very cool is originally a lot of these products would be issued by a bank. And okay, other groups within the same bank, maybe within the private banking division, would pick them up to syndicate capital. Really, it's like an internal proof of concept. Cool. We're getting used to the technology. We're seeing how the asset actually flows, how we could work with it. But we haven't seen a lot that actually goes to investors. Boom, boom, boom. Two real clients, right? So more recently, something to highlight is actually Dutch investment bank, ABN AMRO. They issued a round of $700,000 corporate bond for APOC, one of their aviation clients, who already has equity investors. And essentially, there's lines of credits tied to these equity investments. So what ABN AMRO did was, did was use the Stellar blockchain, make a fully on-chain, a tokenized bond, issue that, and it actually you know, subscribed to by the equity investors. So this is not just another subsidiary or a subgroup within ABN. This is actual client money coming in subscribing to a digital bond. That's, in my opinion, one of the most powerful pieces we've seen thus far. I expect this to be a good playbook. Hopefully, whether ABN's doing more on that front, other banks, other banks in their network, I expect a lot of that to happen. You really see that demand come in when external clients, external asset managers are subscribing to this type of stuff. That would be huge. So keep an eye out on that. We're always bringing you guys research, intel on this segment specifically. But until then, check out what's happening on the secondary markets with Sam Sachs. Hello and happy Monday, happy 2023, and boy oh boy is it great to be back. So, so much has happened in our time away, and I cannot wait to cover it all, just as we will this entire year. And what an action-packed year it's going to be. Whether an institution, a retail investor, or someone just learning about blockchain, there is no doubt that this coming year will have the largest long-term implications yet. We'll be talking about new STOs and market updates, keeping you in the loop of blockchain stories as they break. So without further ado, let's get into it. We begin the year with a total trading market cap just above $15.5 billion. Leading the pack since it has since its inception is a Negra group, as it comprises the overwhelming majority of the total figure. There are some whispers going on in the industry, and even though the macroeconomic outlook remains rather bleak, lots will be coming to market this year. And it starts in Singapore. That's right. Philip Capital announced that it has issued the company's first digital wine-based token. The wine tokens, also known as the N Premier tokens, or EP, will be traded at Alta's exchange platform, which is a private securities exchange licensed by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. Get this, though. Each asset-backed security, also known as an ABS, Digital token is linked to a parcel of 36 bottles of 16 wine labels representing the finest wines of the 2020 Bordeaux EP vintage, such as Laft Rothschild, Halbrion, and Mouton Rothschild. Upon bottling in 2023 or the maturity of the secured notes in 2026, investors can opt to redeem for payment from the sale of wines or physical collection of the wines. And in other STO news, a German enterprise with strong ties to the international precious metals market 
announced the private sale of the EASG token from March 1st to May 31st, 2023. The token, which has been approved by the SEC, represents gold as well as entitling holders to dividends based on Hartman and Ben's operational profits. 125 million of these tokens will be available on the Ethereum platform during its private sale at 0.75 euros per token, a 25% discount from the price of the main sale, which will take place in the summer. And let's round out the commencement of a new season of Security Token Show with an old friend, Akimona. The funding portal and asset tokenization platform announced the launch of Pranalink, offering on the Akimona portal to seek investment from the public under the SEC regulation crowdfunding. Quanta Center owns and operates an alternative energy marketplace. Pranalink investors will be eligible for discounts in the Pranalink corporate shop and much, much more. As we can see, the use cases for security tokens are endless and it is extremely bright side to see so many companies innovating through leveraging this blockchain and security tokens and there is so much more to come. That's all for now, but have an amazing rest of your week and I'll see you next Monday. What a great update there from Peter and Sam. You now know everything that it comes down to the security tokens. So let's get into a little discussion, Kyle. This is one of my favorite episodes because we get to do our predictions for the year. Last year was pretty strong for both of our parts as well as the year before that. So I'd like to see how accurate we can be again this year. Uh, So for our main topic, we're going to be breaking down our predictions for what's happening in the security token industry this year. Uh, We will actually be reviewing this at the end of the year so we can actually see, of course, how well we did. So uh, let's uh, let's see what you got, Kyle. Yeah, so the first uh, prediction. Well, first, I want to explain to, uh, to everybody on camera how we went through this year. We kind of said, all right. Last year, what worked really well was we set a market cap prediction and a number of STOs or security tokens in the ecosystem. We then did three predictions and then a hot take. Okay. So I'll just start with my prediction number one before we get into any of the numbers or the hot takes or anything like that. What you got? I think at some point by the end of this year, we're going to see tokenized securities and security tokens defined in some sort of language in a U.S. legislation. I don't necessarily think that they're going to comment on anything, but perhaps they could come out with condemnations against cryptocurrencies and consider them to be crypto securities or tokenized securities or crypto asset securities, which is language we've seen before. I think there's going to be some sort of definitive language around unregistered, potentially, crypto securities that were already violating the laws. I think that that's something we might see. We've seen that in the past in many other countries, Kyle, uh, you know, specifically Germany and Japan and many others. They've come out with language that says, hey, when a token acts like a security, offering an investment or return, it should be treated like a security. That has not been defined in the SAC or in the U.S. here. Uh, they just simply enforce the existing securities law. So that makes sense. That's a good prediction, Kyle. Let's see. How about you? Well, I think that there's going to be 20 new brokers and exchanges that go live this year with security token offerings for secondary trading, folks. I think mm. this is the year that the secondary market explodes. I believe we're covering almost 20 on STM right now. So I believe that will exactly double, if not more this year, uh, with an explosion of new regulated platforms, ready to trade security tokens, bringing you a host of new assets and opportunities, hopefully to invest. Yeah, if you want to check out live trading prices of any of these things, stm.co. And number two, my prediction is that there is going to be an acquisition 
inside of the security token industry by another firm inside. I think there's going to be a merger. Someone's going to swallow up somebody else. We okay. saw something similar with how INX kind of acquired TokenSoft's transfer agent license. I think this year you might see a consolidation of licensure because of the fact that the market is going to probably bring some of these businesses more closer to the ground. And these licenses may be more advantageous for larger firms that can capitalize on scale. And they may try to do that. We saw some of that bundling happen with the stock market sure in, in certain years. So that's kind of where I think it's going to start heading. That's a cool prediction. Do you have any likely suspects, you think? Any possible That's a really contenders? good question. There's certainly a lot of nickel brokers, but I don't want to say anybody on camera and put them okay. on the spot. Well, it's a good prediction nonetheless. We'll see if there's any major acquisitions within this space. Consolidation makes a lot of sense when licenses can be pretty valuable to let you accelerate into the market. My prediction, Kyle, for number two Specifically, that lending markets, folks, mm. are going to erupt for security tokens. So I think this is a little known, talked about thing. The fact is that one form of liquidity is putting up your asset or your security and getting a loan against it. So you can use that cash uh, immediately, which is a fantastic use case. We've seen that huge in DeFi and crypto, and it works just the same for security tokens, folks. In fact, it makes things much better for lenders. And I think as one of those solutions for liquidity this year, we're going to see lenders start to erupt onto the scene and start offering uh, loans against security tokens. And we're going to see a whole new market that, of course, we'll be tracking on STM, uh, hopefully on chain. Yeah, that one certainly makes sense, considering uh, we're seeing a lot of lending markets eventually maybe going dry in public markets. Potentially, there's also a shift in, in the blockchain markets for that as well. Number three. International STOs. I think they are going to continue their domination mm. from a market cap perspective, from a fundraising perspective. Okay. We've seen how a lot of the largest marketplaces trading these assets are coming from abroad. I think that is only going to continue in 23, potentially even widening the gap than where we see it today. Oh, that's a good prediction. Uh, international has reigned supreme, I think, so far. Uh, despite uh, you know the secondary market, we don't have as much insight on. But uh, for sure, we'll be fixing that. And definitely, I think we're going to see some explosions there. Uh, number three for me was that I believe that of the top 100 banks, I believe 80% of them, four and five, will be using some kind of blockchain technology, either as we've seen with Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan and many others, introducing blockchain-based platforms for other banks to use, or whether they do their own versions of it, their own trials, their own experiments, their own uh, private proprietary platforms. We're going to see a major, major shift where it's no longer, hey, is this something we should look at to, we have to be looking at this as a major bank blockchain is going to disrupt what we do. So I'm excited to see, you know, pretty much all of the major banks get into the game. What do you see is the kind of the, uh, what would you say the percentages of banks now that are using it? Uh, what we saw uh, actually most recently based on uh, our last analysis, which you can actually find, of course, on stm.co, was that roughly, I believe, 40% or awesome. so of the banks were using cool. Uh, some kind of trial, some kind of experiment with blockchain. That's set to double in the next year. I believe I so. It. All right, Harway. Well, I've got a hot take for you. Okay. A hot and take. You kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier in the segment here, but I do have a particular acquisition that I'm going to try to potentially see if I can see from coming from a mile away. Okay. And that is that last year, we saw T0 receive a large strategic investment from the New York Stock Exchange. Okay. And specifically ICE, which is the, the holding company, the parent That's company right. behind the New York Stock Exchange, ICE. 
committed a ton of resources financially as well as some executive leadership to the team. And my prediction is that they are going to outright acquire T0. This is a hot take. I've got no idea, but let's see if it happens. That's mine for the day. Hey, all right. Ice coming in big with an acquisition of T0. That would definitely institutionalize things even more as they are the largest stock exchange player in the world. Uh, Pretty big hot take indeed. Uh, Actually, would love to see that. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, Hot take for me is that specifically, I believe, kind of to one of your earlier predictions, but a little bit different. And instead of crypto uh, being defined and specifically maybe have some kind of ruling around it, I believe that the crypto exchanges are going to be forced to become regulated and licensed most likely in order to offer any kind of crypto trading whatsoever. So even potentially applying to DeFi markets, this could be a massive shift to the crypto market uh, as the coin bases of the world uh, and would uh, Gemini and everybody else uh, would actually have to be forced into some kind of level of compliance, maybe not treating the cryptos like securities, but themselves as if they were brokers of assets. That's a hot take. We've seen a lot of clamoring for regulation, for changes by the SEC or by somebody to come out and condemn some of these people. Many people thinking that cryptocurrency exchanges act kind of like banks or like brokers or something along the lines. Makes sense. It would be a pretty landmark decision if it came out, though. That's for sure. sure. I mean, Chair- Chairman Gary has been, uh, Gary Gensler has been going for uh, for regulation for sure. And I just believe that the, the pot has been boiling to the point with <laughs> FTX fraud and legislators perking up that we're going to see some kind of reaction. I believe this is the one that we're going to see. All right, so let's dive into numbers. So we have two got? final predictions left. Market cap. The way that I've done this for how many years in a row now is I try to give some projection based off of growth rates we've seen. We, we saw that the year ended close to 15 billion in trading secondary securities that are on chain. That's a big jump. I think it was like three or so the, the year prior. So that's a 5X growth rate, Herwig. But you know what? I think just like what you said in some of your projections, this is a year where we actually see compound interest and the fact that I think it's going to 10X from here. So I got it at 150 billion. That puts us on track for one more year of 10X and it would actually flip the current crypto market cap. So we're not actually that far from that either. That's pretty awesome. 150 billion. 150 bill. That's what I got. I'm going to top you. Oh. I'm going to go even bigger. Because yes, Kyle, you are right. This is the year of the security token, folks. We're going to see some massive conversions to the secondary market. Much more insight to who's tokenizing directly, as well as a massive primary market behind it. I believe we're going to end the secondary market at over $215 billion. We're going to see some massive, massive shifts of some huge portfolios. Well, some large cap companies that you'll be able to get exposure to via security token this year pushing that massive market cap value up. That's my, my that thesis That would there. be incredible. That would actually now, be powering Kyle, mm. all those beautiful market uh, cap combinations. How many tokens? So I think we're going to be at 1,000 tokens trading. And I think we see now a couple hundred. It could potentially be significantly larger than 1,000, Herwig. I, honestly, looking at my number, I think that's a, probably a safe one to hit. I think we're going to hit a thousand tokens to trade. It could very well be. be Yeah, I agree. I mean, the 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 market cap has to be powered by that number, right? I think we're going to see over twenty five hundred. Yeah, tokens because at the end of the day, we're going to see some very very big ones carrying a lot of the weight. I think we're going to see a lot more smaller deals as well as people start to realize fractionalization is such a fantastic benefit 
of tokenization. Uh, so that, that's that's a wrap. Those are our predictions. We're going to circle back here in 12 months and look at how we did. Otherwise, leave your comments, predictions, anything that you think For is going sure. on, leave it down below in the YouTube comments or hit us up directly on Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you can find us. We'd love to see what you got and maybe we'll give you a shout if we thought it was a hot take. And with that, let's end our show here with our company of the year. Yeah. And to end our security token show, we've got our company of the year. For those not familiar with this segment, every episode, we actually come up with two selections, each a nominee for the company of the year award. But we believe that every week someone deserves a spotlight. And this week, it's actually the culmination of all of the entrants. Sometimes I entered more than once and Kyle and went down and deep and said, all right, who out of all of these winners absolutely made the biggest impact for the security token industry. So we have to give it to JP Morgan. JP Morgan. JP Morgan has a rich history in staying on top of financial trends and all of the latest in investment banking technologies. And they were no stranger here. They started with building their own blockchain platforms and their own settlement transactional currency, the JPM coin. And they've built all kinds of infrastructure that we've seen over the past decade that now is, is culminating in everything of their advancements in 2022, which Herwig includes a ton of different things, including Singapore, including inside the U.S. and internationally. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Oh, my God. Project Guardian doing cross-border swaps for securities. You've got the TCN, the Tokenized Collateralization Network. What did I say earlier about my predictions and lending, right? Mm. This is already happening on Wall Street. And, of course, the Onyx-powered money markets, uh, mutual fund platform, I mean, they are trading hundreds of millions of, of volume uh, on that platform daily, Kyle. That is absolutely insane. All of this is built on their own blockchain networks. They're building with R3 and Corda, and they're doing all kinds of things with players all around the world. I think that they're really fulfilling this interoperability of the technology, taking advantage of it around the world for all different types of assets. For that, It was just a no-brainer, I think, to pick JP. JP Morgan, you are our company of the year. You have led this industry, I believe, and we believe that the entire Wall Street industry has taken notice thanks to your efforts from ranging back to when you started all the way to 2022, making it loud during the crypto winter. The tokenization is here, and now we believe many banks are following suit as a result. And so for that reason, that's going to have the biggest impact in the security token space. Welcome, Wall Street. Welcome, institutions. This is the year of the security token. Thank you, JPM. You're the company of the year. Congratulations. And with that, I think we can end our show. This was the new and improved security token show. Please like and share and show it to everybody and watch it a few times. Leave your feedback down below. We really appreciate it. And of course, happy tokenizing. <laughs>